Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sam and Ellie Discuss Things. We Hi. are super happy to have you here. And just before we get going, we'd like to ask you for a little favor. Could you please, if you enjoy these episodes, go onto the whatever platform it may be that you're listening on? And there's eight different platforms that this podcast is available, and we do not judge your choice. But whatever that podcast platform may be, we would very much appreciate a little rating or a review but i have to say like i'm so grateful for all the feedback that we have been getting because it's been so such positive feedback so nice it's honestly quite overwhelming to be honest with you yeah because this is just a little passion project for us you know we we just we just love this topic and we love chatting and just to know that you know you enjoy listening it means the entire world so thank you so much yeah All right, Ellie, what do we have in store today? Okay, so today we wanted to talk about what we enjoy cooking with and what vegetables we like because it's all well and good saying we need to eat more vegetables and less meat and dairy or we need to be better for the planet when it comes to our food or we need to, you know, try veganism or whatever. But it's like, okay, well, fine, but how do you go about doing that? you know it's it's easier said than done so we just wanted to talk about the stuff that we enjoy cooking and maybe just just have a nice conversation about it but maybe just talk about like some choices that might be better than others when it comes to sustainability do you want to kick us off because you have an extensive pantry (laughs) (laughs) um i'll okay basically i think that when it comes to incorporating more veggies in your diet um it's quite important to consider like what's in season because when I started out like I was eating the I was just using things like broccoli and courgette and rocket and things which yeah they're very good and they're very nice and they're very healthy but Mm -hmm. they're not always in season and they're also not that interesting when there's loads of more exciting stuff out there absolutely shout out to Um, romanesco cauliflower from episode one yeah exactly um but i did not know the world of vegetables that were out there but now i know a lot a lot more so basically it depending on the time of year i it that really informs what i enjoy eating and i have to say my favorite season for food is definitely autumn my favorite things to cook are a good old butternut squash Oh, a classic. Yeah, and a good old sweet potato. Very hearty. I I love sweet potato too, but can I confess something? Yeah. I had butternut squash related anxiety. (gasps) Why? Because I had no idea how to tackle it. Oh, it is like that at the start, isn't it? It is. And I just found it so daunting because it's got that like really hard shell appeal would you say it's definitely not a shell (laughs) but you know I found that kind of like what do you do with it and then as well when you chop into it and it's just dense orange and then in the center there's just a few seeds just in some pulp and I just like what do you do and it just really scared me um but you know you'll all be happy to know that I have tackled my fear head on and now I am quite comfortable with um the good old squirt nut bosh 
once you get used to it, it's easy. It's quite easy to cut. You just oh, you just yes. go for it. Absolutely. Um, do you remember that that um, curry that we made and we decided to leave the skin on because I said, oh, you know, you can eat the skin. Let's leave it on. Oh, that yeah. was so weird, wasn't it? It was weird, but I didn't hate it. Yeah, but I don't know if I'd do it again. I'll be no. honest. Because, I mean, I think they put all sorts of chemicals and stuff on vegetables when they're farming them. And I think removing the skin just removes that. And A labour some... of safety. Yeah. Although I don't know, because sometimes I do leave the skin on my bo- on my sweet potato if I give it a good scrub on my carrots. And mm. that's really good because it's, firstly, it's full of fibre, but also it reduces food waste. Mm. And you throw less away. Carrots and potatoes are roots anyway, so they've been protected by Mother Nature. Yeah, true. I mean, I'm not an expert on farming. I don't really know. But I hopefully will learn over the coming years as I do work in a company that supplies fresh produce. So maybe I'll learn. I, yeah. (laughs) But, you know. So, Mm. yeah, anyway, so the sweet potato and the butternut squash. And I have something to say about those. Two of my covered essentials for flavour are harissa paste and miso. Miso has a flavour to it that they call umami, which is really interesting. It's like our sixth taste bud or something, or fifth taste bud, where it's triggered by that thing called MSG, if you've heard of that. Oh, I have heard of it. Say that again. What did you say? (laughs) Monosodium glutamate, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know it well. Um... (laughs) (laughs) No, I I actually love the taste of miso. It's quite quite rich and like a little bit salty. Yeah, it's really nice. Anna Jones, if if anyone's heard of her, she's really good. She's got another book coming out in March um, called One Pot, One Pan, One Planet, I think. Um, And she's quite good for she's quite good for the seasonal eating the vegetarian slash vegan but she has got a recipe in her book called the modern cook's year where you mix harissa and miso and they that sounds weird because they're both really really strong flavors but honestly if you mix them together and then put them on butternut squash and sweet potato and roast them it is the nicest thing you might ever try Add a bit of kale in there. And it's a perfect autumn dish. Oh my gosh, I have all of those things in right now. (gasps) Oh, Sam, you have to do it. I have to send you the recipe. Yeah, send me it and I'll do it. And we'll put it in the the collection in the description as well. So if you fancy trying it, listening, you can do that. Yeah. But I'm definitely going to be trying that. Yeah. I I absolutely love the sweet potato, like you said. I think it's just, it's such a, a warming veg. Because it's quite, it's, it's obviously a potato, so it's like nice and filling. But it's also got such a unique flavour. I love it. Yeah, it's really good. And also the other thing about sweet potato is it actually counts as one of your five a day, whereas potatoes don't. Really? Yeah. <gasps> That's amazing. Yeah, but I've been having don't. loads of sweet potato curry, you know. That's so good. Yeah, and uh, sweet potato lentil doll as well. Oh, yes. A yeah. doll? A doll. That's, while we're on the, the topic of dishes that we love to cook, a doll is amazing. Lentils are really good for you. They're really good for the planet. They're full of fibre. And it's such an easy thing to make. It takes like half an hour. You you just roast any veg that you want. That's, you've got left lying around in the fridge mm-hmm. um, to save that food waste, you know. Just roast it and put it in a doll. Soak your lentils for 20, 30 minutes. 
and then boil them with some stock and you roasted put your roasted veg in there and you've got yourself a hearty meal i'm gonna do that tonight and i'll let you that's know a how plan. it goes yeah Ah, uh, that's so exciting that's made me so excited for it all and i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm excited um, for you it's so good isn't it it's so good but yeah I, I just love it and I put the I put the link to the recipes that I use as well in there but I wanted to say on lentils with the dal situation when it comes to a curry or something quite like spicy that you might want to like thicken up I love shoving in some red split lentils mm, yeah. because red split lentils don't have the shell so when you like throw them into a curry let's say that's what I usually do um they break down and just make the curry thicker and just yeah tastier. yeah so good they're really nice but I I'm only just starting to realize just how many types of lentils there are out there like there's poi lentils mm. beluga lentils and some others I think like green and things like that yeah I think it's interesting to like just try different types of things because I mm. think and I could be wrong but I think pulses like beans and things like that are actually also one of your five a day but don't quote me on that okay well i won't quote you on it then but um thank you (laughs) if they are if they are it doesn't matter because they're just really good fear like you know don't be afraid of the lentil life just jump right in there try some lentils throw them in a pasta do whatever you need to do but just promise you'll do it Yes, promise. <laughs> promise us. Have um, you got any anything, any veg that you want to shout out? Any seasonal veg that I want to give a shout out to? Or just any veg at all, like doesn't matter the season, whatever you like. Yeah, well, I think it would be useful if we post a bit of a seasonal guide um, in the description to this episode because okay, it is... Yeah. It is pretty handy to know what seasons it is. It's better for you. It's better for the planet, as we say, as we know, as we love. Um, But I really, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I love a broccoli. That's a spring veg. I do like a broccoli. Yeah. I think you can get broccoli sort of all year round, depending in and out. It's in and out. It's about, it's just hanging about. about. It's hanging about. chilling. She's all over, but we love her. Honest to God, like... I really love broccoli because it just soaks up the flavours of what you're cooking with. Mm. Don't you just love that? <laughs> it's amazing. I do, I do love that. I, love I don't. It. I don't use it as much as I should, really. Yeah, oh, it goes in everything for me. If I'm making a recipe up, like if I'm just making it up, I'll always put broccoli in it. Always. Yeah, because that's good. It, it just goes with everything. Now, broccoli is, you could argue, uglier counterpart cauliflower <laughs> um i don't like it as much oh see i i quite like that in in a curry in a curry it's quite nice yeah see i prefer broccoli in a curry and i know that's weird but <laughs> you know we're not here to judge <laughs> well broccoli's good if you just steam it and then you add like a tahini lemon um drizzle on top it's oh, quite nice as a side amazing. dish as well yeah, or you could have it with some, like, ancient grains. <laughs> ancient grains, ancient grains. Please tell me what an ancient grain is. <laughs> <laughs> so ancient grains, oh, my God. <laughs> ancient grains are, like, just different. They're alternative um, carbohydrate choices that we might choose to have. Oh, um, right. So, like, instead of, like, pasta and rice. 
yeah instead of pasta rice potatoes you could choose like quinoa um farro um bulgur wheat and and various other ones i could go on yeah there's there's plenty the only thing is like how do you cook with those because i i know my way around a pasta i know my way around a rice no fear there but you use things like bulgur wheat and to be honest with you i've never cooked with quinoa personally i have eaten it but i've just never cooked with it so well how do you go about it what do you do firstly i just have to say about quinoa um it's actually one of the few foods that has all of your nine essential amino acids to make up protein in really? your body. Yeah. What absolute legend. <laughs> yeah. Um, and another one, um, another one that does apparently is hemp seeds as well, which is nice. And they've got loads of omega-3 in, so mm-hmm. um, eat your nuts and seeds, guys. Honestly, just add them to stuff because they are full of health benefits and we don't eat enough of them. Yeah, you're a big advocate for sprinkling them on. Yes. So, sorry, yeah. um, uh, Ancient grades, you literally just just put them in a pan of boiling water and like you would with your pasta. I mean, depending on the grain, 10 to 20 minutes boiling water and or maybe 25 minutes and you're good to go and it's that simple. But I think because... It's easy to just dismiss foods that you've never, you're not really used to, or you've never tried before, because, um, because it's quite, you know, you, they're just unfamiliar. But honestly, it's just co- like cooking the same as you would cook your pasta or your couscous or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the fiber and they're really good for you, and it's good to diversify our, our diets because it's good to diversify our food. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that is all. No, that is I, all. I do. I understand, though. It's what I have with the butternut squash. It's the fear that stops people. It stops me. I've never cooked with yeah. an ancient grain, but I'm going to try it out because even the, to be honest, the biggest thing that I'm worried about with it is cooking it and not liking it. And mm-hmm. you know that could be down to me cooking it wrong, or it could just be down to personal taste preference, but. You know, you never know until you try. And when you cooked quinoa for me for the first time, I had a great time. I absolutely oh loved it. Yeah, I'm it was so nice because if we'd done mm. rice with that dish, it just would have been boring. Yeah. Because but like, we've had rice with everything. If you make yourself a stew with quinoa, with some kidney beans or something, for example, some mm-hmm. kale, butternut squash and whatever carrot or another root veg um and some tin tomatoes and obviously some herbs spices and some salt like you've got yourself a really healthy dish with loads of nutrients in it that your body would need mm-hmm. and it's that's quite an autumnal thing and it's very good and it's very filling which just might be out of the normal comfort zone of maybe what some people would normally cook i mean what just i don't know what what did you used to eat give me oh. some give me the lowdown <laughs> In my in my past in my past life, yeah. Well, my diet has changed many times through my life. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been through many phases of eating certain things and not eating certain things. But I'd say if we're looking to recent history, before I got into food a little bit more, before I got a little bit experimental, my my diet used to just be really basic. It was your basic pasta with like not that many interesting things in there, just a tomato sauce, nice and plain. 
and a homemade curry that I always used to make, which was like my own kind of spice blend, um, just out of the spices that I like to eat personally. But then as time's gone on, I've like tried new things. And like one of the things that really opened my eyes to this was when we invented that soup together, do you remember in the summer? Um, yes. The sweet potato and harissa soup. Oh my days, it is so nice. And we should post that recipe on LEK so people can go and try it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's my plan. Yeah. Is to like do that. Because I was just doing it this weekend, actually. And um, sorry, I've just interrupted you there. Oh no, it's Merit's okay. Carry on. Yeah, yeah, you carry yeah. on. Well, basically I'm just doing that and a couple of other recipes like this week. And I'm going to start doing um, a weekly guide to eating sustainably, but I'll start with some easy recipes and then like diversify the techniques as we go later on <laughs> down the line. And also like, yeah, other things to think about as you go along, but start off easy. But that's one of the things that I would definitely recommend trying first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's so easy as well. It's literally just pretty much it's it's almost a one pot <laughs> yeah. it uses a pan as well but um the result is out of this world I absolutely love that soup but you know that used harissa and I'd never used it before and now that's something that I really love using and it's really opened my eyes to some of the other recipes you can get out there as well um I'll link a few of my favorites in the in the description because I tend to use BBC Good Food for my recipes just because I think that they're really quite varied and really nice um but yeah one of them was dried porcini mushrooms um that I'd never mm-hmm. used and honestly it's so nice yeah they're just I thought they'd be because I did have trouble finding them to be honest in the supermarkets when I first started making those recipes and then I went to a larger supermarket and it was in there so when I bought that and I could finally try it and stop substituting it for normal mushrooms, I realised what all the hype was about. <laughs> yeah. they're just, they taste different to normal mushrooms and they've got a completely different texture. Yeah. Okay, so should we talk about any other, any other veg that we wanted to mention while we're on? I don't know, I'd say we're on autumn at the minute. Yeah, so while we're in autumn, um. Um, I would like to give a special mention to artichokes. Oh really? Yeah, because artichokes are a little bit rarer. You don't people don't tend to just casually cook with an artichoke. That's more of a summer thing, isn't it? But it's in there. Oh yeah, artichoke is in autumn. Sorry. Yeah, artichokes in autumn. Do you know what? I have to say, the other day I walked into a waitrose here. Yes, I know waitrose, but I saw an artichoke <laughs> for the first time in a supermarket, and honestly, I got so excited and nearly cried. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen artichoke in a supermarket before. In its natural habitat. (laughs) In its natural habitat, of course. No, I just can't wait to cook it because I have so many recipes in my box for artichoke and I've never found it in the supermarket and now I finally can. Yeah. I wanted to talk about winter. Oh, If that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. So in winter, I love to eat a bit of, firstly, kale, a classic. A classic. Um, Swede is really good for just roasting and putting in things. And another one, which people obviously probably just dismiss straight away because it's ugly AF, is celeriac. But um, these things, these root hearty root veg, um, like celeriac, swede, parsnips is another one, are so 
good because they are always pretty much always in season and they're always grown in the UK. They can be grown easily here, um, quite low carbon footprint. And they just are really good if you know what to do with them. Like they taste great. Like Ottolenghi's got this recipe with um, celeriac and lentils. Um, and it might seem a bit daunting at first to like cook with these like funny looking things because especially like let's be honest celeriac is ugly but they do taste really nice and I know it sounds weird but make a celeriac soup with apples in it and I know it sounds weird but honestly it's really nice oh my gosh that's bizarre but do you know what you're worrying me why because I've never seen, eaten, or cooked with celeriac, and you just keep saying how ugly it is, and I'm so terrified. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> what does it look like? Describe it to me. It just looks like a big white brain. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is all. But honestly, like, chop it up, and I promise you it tastes really good. You can put it in loads of stuff. Mm. Um, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. I promise. Yeah, stuff like that. Like honestly, I never would have thought about. What does before. it taste of? Is it like anything else? It has got a distinctive taste. Before I had to get used to it. It's it's an unusual one. I don't really know how to describe it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm. I for one, I'm very excited to give this big white brain a go. So with these seasons that we're kind of just going through we've mentioned it before but like the benefits of eating seasonally oh well we can talk about the benefits of eating seasonally yeah please please tell us because i want to know everything yeah so basically i think it's important because you know it's not really great if we're all just eating berries and um asparagus and things like that that have to be air freighted in to our country um when they're not in season and it takes a lot of energy to grow them in colder climates or they're grown in hotter climates and air freighted over so you know it's better to eat things that are like if you couldn't grow it in your own back garden at that time of year then it's probably not the one yeah that being said though things that are more substantial and more can be transported easily more easily because they're just more robust mm-hmm. like um that they are quite low carbon footprint because they are shipped over by boat mm-hmm. um but like bananas are one and i can imagine things like butternut squash and things like that are, are as well but they are very nice in autumn when we can grow them in the uk so mm-hmm. yeah and to be fair it's important to remember as well we can't live without bananas and bananas only yeah. grow on the banana belt so it's a bit unfair to say that you can't ever have a banana because you can't grow it in your own back garden but for things like strawberries yeah take strawberries as an example like that's something that does grow in the UK and you know when that's when that's in season have them where you want yeah oh the other thing I have to say though about um, you know this local seasonal thing mm-hmm. it's not all that because we can't just you know say like oh we're never gonna buy from developing countries I think I said this in the first episode actually like you can't just be like oh we're never gonna buy our food from developing countries again because you know we need to eat local and seasonal because it's I don't know it's a difficult one ethically mm-hmm. I think because it's not fair to say to those developing countries, right, well, you can't develop your economy because um, because we need to, like, save the planet. I think it's about a balance. I don't know. I'm not an expert in this. We'd have to get someone on to talk about it. Oh, yeah. But and I I'd think, be very excited to do that as well. Uh, yeah. 
definitely but i think as the uk we get a lot of our food we rely on on you know imported we rely on imports for a lot of our food Mm -hmm. Um, and it would be nice to just eat more from british farmers not to bring on the brexit vibes because i'm not about that but no not about but like we do not like those vibes yeah no but but what i'm saying is i think that it's about a balance and having a little bit more from home but not necessarily saying oh we can never eat from we can never sort of import food from other countries mm-hmm. again like you know we need our citrus fruits from spain and things like that so. oh absolutely we need we need all the things that we can't grow in the uk that we've grown accustomed to it's really important but that's where i feel like it just comes to making smarter decisions it's what we said in episode one you don't have to become perfect overnight and you don't have to live a life of just eating what's in season, what's local, and it's completely organic and it's all this and that because it's completely impossible, really. That's yeah. not that's not feasible. So it's just especially, about making good decisions when yeah, you can. Especially with the system that we live in, you know, we can't we can only do so much as individuals, but realistically we do live in a system that it's it's hard to make the perfect choices outside of that. Mm-hmm. so but, you know when we when we talk about these choices i'm just super excited to look at the seasons guide that we're going to be posting in the description and choose out like new stuff that i've never cooked with before because mm-hmm. i've not grown accustomed to those habits yet for me because like all of these new veggies and things that i've never tried that i'm excited to try i want to do it when the time's right in the year yeah yeah and definitely feel good about my decisions so that's what i'm gonna do and that's the thing that I think helps me as well, diversify the different types of vegetables I'll try because whatever months of the year it is, I look at what's in season and I go, ooh, for example, like, ooh, celery's in season or aubergine or whatever. Mm. Um, oh, I'll try cooking with that. And then, you know, whereas normally I just wouldn't think, but I just see what's in season and go, ooh, that's new and then try it. And it helped me a lot. So it's, I think it's good. Yeah, I, I think really do. I might try and do that, you know, because I often choose recipes. I'm sure everyone's the same. I just look at, I might have an idea in my head, like, oh, I might fancy that next week and I'll just go and find a recipe for it. And then I'll do my shop and then I'll make the food. But I never think of it your way of going, what's actually like in season this month? And then going, oh, I love celery. Like, let's find some recipes with celery in it. Yeah. And yeah. but that almost a... still feels fun. Like it feels like a nice way of deciding what I'm going to eat. It almost yeah. makes it easier because it takes the decision, like making out of your hands, of my hands. Yeah. yeah. Rather than like just going back to your, your staples that you rely on all the time that you like, yeah. pushing the boat out a bit and like and it's it turns it on its head a bit. Um, like make it like getting the seasons to choose for you. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's it's good to diversify the different types of veg that we eat because our gut really appreciates it because it because you know it's it's good to have a diverse diet for gut health. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it kind of helps because it might be a bit overwhelming to just realize how many different veg there are there and not know where to start. But if you just start with what's in season, see what see what's you know see what's going on in the supermarkets. If radishes are in season, find go and find a recipe to make to make with radishes and then you know you're making them a plus also what's things that are in season tend to be a little bit cheaper anyway really so you're kind of saving mm. money yeah there's a plethora of reasons why you should yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Well, speaking of radishes i thought we'd talk about i thought we'd move on to spring 
Oh, yes. Let's move on to spring. Yeah. So I find spring a really hard one. I'm not going to lie. But um, Anna Jones helped me with that, thankfully. But I made this... (laughs) <laughs> I made this dish with uh, for my family and they quite liked it and it was like an Anna Jones one where it was like peas and be- and broad beans and things like that um, and you could put pak choy in if you want and potatoes and it was kind of like a spring soup and it was really nice, mm. very green and it, the rest of the year I tend to go with like oranges like um, orange coloured food um because i love a bit of i love butternut squash but (laughs) but yeah spring is the time when like i eat a lot of greens we love a green it makes up the cover of this podcast i i I agree with you though i think there's a lot of nice veg going on in springtime but just because i'm I'm learning so much about veg at the minute it's worth mentioning one that i've never cooked with again um pak choy Oh really? Oh, it's really good. Yeah. You know, it, you can. Uh, it's one that you can grow in the UK, and I think it's originally from Asia somewhere. But we can grow it in the UK, and I think it grows all year round. Wow. So it's good. It's yeah. you get it in like supermarkets. It's quite quite common. It it sounds like it's something that's you know quite speciality because it might be Asian and not quite familiar to us. But it's definitely a staple these days. Yeah, no, I'd love to try it. I actually have just realized that i've told a complete lie because i made a ramen once which had that in it and i forgot about it so it's it's great for a stir fry especially with tofu get yourself some smoked tofu and some pak choy and make yourself a stir fry it's great another one as well radishes you keep coming back to these radishes they better be doing something (laughs) good If you chop them in half and roast them for 30 minutes with a little bit of honey um, and add some feta, um, you can put it on toast and it tastes great. Thanks, Anna Jones, another one for that. Wow. (laughs) Another staple of my life is spinach. Oh, yeah, I love spinach. You put spinach in anything and everything. Add that bit of extra nutrition, just anything. And the spinach illusion never ceases to amaze me. When you get a wad of spinach and put it in and you're like, that's too much. And before you know it, there's none left. I know. What (laughs) happens? Did you know know that if you freeze spinach, it's actually more nutritional, nutritious, excuse me, it's more nutritious for you than if you just leave it in the fridge because it retains the nutrients by freezing it. So there you really? go. Really? That's yeah, incredible. And if, you get, if you get some spinach from the supermarkets that's reduced um, and just whack it in your freezer, you save some food waste. To be honest with you, I'm fuming that we're only having this conversation now because I've got some spinach in the fridge that's on the turn. It's oh my God, put it in the freezer quick. <laughs> oh, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm waffling on about just, I'm going off on one about all these different veg. No, I love this talk. Don't I let me it. take over too much. No, Stop keep me giving me the facts. Because we've not even got on to summer yet. Oh, uh, well, should we move on to summer? Because we've, you know, there's and not I much lo- going on in spring anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I love me an aubergine. Aubergine? not a fan really? really it was one of the it was one of the um veg that like i first started using that was quite out there mm-hmm. but i wouldn't go for it in in winter because it's not in season then okay. but in summer and early autumn defo for sure if you chop it up and sprinkle salt on and leave it 15 minutes apparently that's good because it's good for um for making for sweating it out and then that removes some of like the bitterness 
Mm, what's not to love? <laughs> Sweating it out. <laughs> um, but aubergine and courgette is great in a pasta for summer. It's lovely. Yeah. Well, note taken. Might give it a go if I'm feeling confident, but mm. I might just stay away because it terrifies me. And that's fine. You don't have to like all the veg. True. Yeah. Mm. Shallots. Are they worth a mention? Because I've never cooked with a shallot, but I was nearly put off shallots for life, though. Why? Because there's a shop in Withington, a little fruit and veg shop. And when I was living there, I walked around and I was I was like, you know what? I finally, I've got the courage to cook with these little mini onions. I'm going to get some. <laughs> so I went over to the shallots and there was a huge heap of them. And I just went and grabbed one. And a swarm of flies just flew out from the pile. Oh, like, wow. And when I say a swarm, there was a good 20 to 30 of them all just fleeing the scene of the crime. And I, I'd never looked at a shallot ever again. Oh my gosh. Don't let yeah. that put you off. Well, I'm afraid it has. <gasps> so. <laughs> also, another thing that's in season in summer, tomatoes. Oh, yeah, fair because enough. Because this is actually an important one because this is something I didn't know. Out of season tomatoes are very high carbon footprint because you because out of season you either grow them in greenhouses or you grow them in big polytunnels in Spain and then uh, freight them over. Mm. And that is one to get in the tin in the autumn and winter uh, and spring. Or yeah. I don't know. I think they're in season in autumn, but summer I was actually, is time for toms. I needed to ask when you buy tin tomatoes, is that all right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think okay. it's quite quite good okay few because i've got to be honest that forms the base of a lot of the things i eat <laughs> yeah no love a good classic tin tomatoes i wonder how many tins of tomatoes get sold globally every year i bet it's a lot let us know in the comments the winner is absolutely <laughs> nothing oh my gosh and marrow is a weird one but what I never is see... marrow it's just like a giant courgette and I never see it in the supermarkets, of course, because, I mean, it's not that commercially viable, really. No one knows what it is. It's huge. You don't know what to do with it. But I went to, there's this place called Norton Priory, and they were selling some veg that they'd grown there in the little veg patch, and they sold a marrow. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, this is the first time I've, I've encountered a marrow in person. And I thought I'd buy it and cook it. It's made stuffed marrow. It was great. It's nice. If I ever come across it, I'll definitely buy it because... I know now how rare it is. You could you can maybe like grow one in your garden. I mean, if you had a garden, you could anyone who's got a garden, anyone who's privileged enough, could give it a go. Could I grow it in a pot in my living room in my flat? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Might take over. Okay, well, um, if you see the lesser spotted marrow on your travels, do everyone a favour and pick it up. Yeah, give it some love. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so while we're chatting about all these veggies that we're dead excited to try, I just thought it'd be good to mention some of the maybe questionable food choices and combinations that I have lurking in my past. Yes, tell <laughs> us. I tell you now. Let us into your, your dirty secret. <laughs> it's not a pretty picture, okay? So <laughs> one of my like most shameful creations it you know i have to be honest it was after a night out i got <laughs> home and i was just i was absolutely hankering for some garlic bread as mm. one does after a few drinks in the evening and obviously i didn't have any 
So I was like, right, what am I going to do? The most logical thing in my drunken brain in that moment was to boil a, a large amount of pasta and just smother it with garlic mayo. Oh, and that, that was, sounds grim. That was my answer to garlic bread. And I can tell you now, if you ever follow that same thought path, don't do it. <laughs> was it not because, nice? <laughs> I mean, it was all right, you know. Um, garlic mayo on pasta is pretty basic. So if you like garlic mayo and you like pasta, you know, it's fine. But let's what? just say... I wasn't very well after it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember our tradition, though, after a night out in Manchester, we'd come back and we'd go into that takeaway that was near where you lived, your student area. Oh, shout out Pizza Co. We'd get a cheesy garlic bread. And that one time, I always remember, <laughs> oh we walked in, <laughs> we walked through the door and I just pushed open the doors with my two hands and just... <laughs> And I just walked in with her arms out and I went, cheesy garlic bread. And that was iconic. But do you know what? Oh my God. I remember it so well because you literally burst through them doors like it was the second coming. Like you were just so ecstatic at the idea of cheesy, of cheesy garlic bread that you walked in and announced it. But after that, I'm pretty sure we resorted to salted toast. <laughs> Do you remember? <gasps> salted toast. Oh because my gosh. We just could not be bothered ordering a cheesy garlic bread after a yeah. night out and we just added salt to our toast. I mean, let's that's just, a low point for me. Let's just go home and have some salted toast. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, do you know some of the things you eat after a night out are not the one? Questionable. Yeah, but you know that's fine because we all have a little naughty side when it comes to food, don't we? Yeah. Um. (laughs) No food shaming. We don't need that. You know what I mean? Like we've got to have a healthy relationship with food. It's all about balance. Everything's okay. Nothing shameful. But I, I think it's safe to say that we should try and keep our salted toast to a minimum yeah (laughs) i've got i've got a bad confession when it comes to food habits not necessarily food choices oh okay okay go on hit me so in sixth form i used to be addicted to chocolate i used to eat chocolate every day i used to go to the corner shop and buy a big bag of chocolate on a thursday and eat it all by the time i got home from school which is 25 minute walk (laughs) And I remember saying when we were sat around the table at lunchtime, being like, guys, if we all share our chocolate with each other, then we will reduce our chocolate intake because if I share a bar of chocolate with everyone, I'll eat less chocolate naturally myself. Um, So I think you're all like, okay, yeah, whatever, Ellie, we'll do it. And I only ever... I only ever applied that rule when it was someone else's chocolate <laughs> so that I could get some. You fiend. <laughs> <laughs> you just had a secret plan of how you were going to extract more chocolate from the situation. And do you know what? It worked. So congratulations. <laughs> but when it was my chocolate, I was reluctant to let go. Yeah, you kept it in your blooming sock drawer at home. <laughs> 
<laughs> don't. <laughs> oh, no, that was so silly, though. I don't think that lasted long. Don't be ashamed if you passed with the chocolate, Ellie, because chocolate, it's all right. Everything <laughs> in moderation. Everything in moderation. Yeah. I mean, everything in moderation now, but in sixth form, if you'd have told me that. <laughs> yeah, you would have. I don't think I'd have listened. If you try and reach out and like take the chocolate off you in sixth form, you just literally turn into a rabid animal and run away with it <laughs> clutched close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, no, honestly, no shame to anyone's eating habits because we don't want to form unhealthy relationships with food. Can you tell I'm a psychology graduate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always but, thinking you know, about that mental health. Absolutely. It's really important. Enjoy food. Enjoy the foods that you enjoy eating. We just thought it was funny because I don't want to be insulted toast forever. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I enjoy my diet now. Just loads of different things and just being healthy and I enjoy that and it's it's not something to make yourself feel bad if you're not doing it and shame yourself it's something to to get excited about and incorporate into your life and try and love it you know yes so no shame no shame at all no shame but keep an eye out on elliecase.co.uk for a humongous mix eventually (laughs) of gorgeous recipes to try in relation to the seasons and feel free to give us a follow yeah um i'm at ellie case uk and i'm at sam jordan uk if you want to follow the account for the pod itself that's at sam and ellie pod yeah Well, that just about covers the veg that we love and how we love to use it. So it's been a boom. Yeah, it's been great. It's been a fun one. It's been Thanks, Sam. Oh, no, thank you, Ellie. We'll just put like a guide to the seasons um, on our our weekly collection for this episode. Yes, of course, along with every other link that we've mentioned today. So yeah, everyone, keep your eyes peeled for next week's episode where we will be having, for the first time ever, a special guest. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Can't wait. Exciting time. So yeah, looking forward to it. Speak to you all next week, my loves. Bye. Bye. (laughs)